Hello and welcome to the Pinstripe Valley Podcast, the no longer winning streak edition. It's over. I'm Andrew Mearns. Over there is Kunshaw. How's it going? Uh, June. I don't like June. Looking forward to July and August, though, because I feel like we've traveled back in time. The yeah. These are not fun. <laughs> yeah, the vintage stuff of last night of hitting into five double plays and making some dumb mistakes. That was... Ooh, good first half Yankees shit. And by good, I I mean bad. (laughs) I think the 2021 Yankees caught up to our plan to never record on a Monday again. So, like, you know how every Sunday was miserable? Now it's just like, no matter what, it's going to be miserable. We're going to get you guys. Yay. (laughs) Just inspiring stuff. I suppose it's possible that the losing streak will be over by the time this episode goes up since we're recording on uh, Wednesday afternoon before Garrett Cole makes a start against the Angels. So ideally, that does not end with the Yankees getting swept. But uh, I suppose we should throw that out there. Yes, there is hope with Cole on the mound, I guess. (laughs) Yes. No, but actually there is hope with Cole on the mound. He's the only one that there's hope with. Exactly. Now, it's... Oh, man. It's been a... It's been an annoying road trip. And as we said last time, we always expected this from the West Coast road trip. We just got lulled into the false sense of security by the first two games in Oakland, where the Yankees won to extend the winning streak to 13 games, which is the longest it had been since 1961, which is pretty crazy. The vibes were great, and now they're not. That's baseball, Susan, but it's in reality, it's just really, really annoying to watch. Yeah, and this might have been our fault because last week when we recorded, we talked about how we just want them to split the series in Oakland, which they did, but then we never gave them direction on what to do in uh, LA, so they might just be lost. So maybe yeah. we're the Mitres of the week. Yeah, that's, that's true. We should have looked into our heart and been like, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. We need to provide further instruction yes. and uh, get some real monkey's paw shit with, uh, oh, you want to split in Oakland? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They need they need details. They're not good on their own. They're not independent thinkers, apparently, these Yankees. <laughs> yeah, and leave it to the strange 2021 season where the pitching has been, oddly enough, the best part of the Yankees, that they're the ones who have been the problem in this series against the Angels because Corey Kluber returned from the IL and looked good for the first few innings before blowing up in the fourth. Didn't get much support behind him from Andrew Heaney and company. And then in the second game, Jamison Tyone, again, hit a wall in the fourth inning, got bad in the fifth inning, and he was gone. So the Angels scored a whole bunch of runs against the Yankees. And, you know, the Yankees scored enough to win those games, but not enough when your pitching is doing that. Yeah, the Kluber thing is a little interesting because even in his rehab starts, he hasn't looked exactly sharp or, like, great. So, like, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was still disappointing to see because technically it's only his second game removed from the no-hitter. <laughs> so that wasn't fun. But Tyone's obviously a little bit more concerning because that's been, like, kind of his the trend for the last, like, I want to say three or four starts of his where he obviously had an incredible stretch right there when Garrett Cole went down and he became the de facto ace of the team, as we called him. <laughs> And then I guess as soon as Cole returned, Tyone's like, all right, I gave it all. I gave it everything I had. I'm done. But his his story has been kind of that he's, you know, come out of the gate looking sharp, but then he kind of just tires through the second, third time through the order and then just kind of implodes. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, as we talked about earlier, this is another return to first half Yankees nonsense because this is Jameson Tyone's problem the first couple months of the season before he really came into his own late in June and especially in July and 
early August, but now he seems to have maybe hit a wall in terms of his comeback from his second Tommy John surgery. This is his first full season in a few years. So he might just be running out of gas. And that might be an indication that maybe the Yankees need to put him on the IL for maybe like a start or two, just like a phantom IL stint to let him take a breather or even just move him out to like every six days rather than every five days, because he does look like he's just running out of gas a little bit, like in the middle of a starts. And that's not going to be enough to put the Yankees in position to win these games down the stretch against like good teams, let alone the angels. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely very okay with giving him like a, like skipping him a, a start the rotation, whether that's like putting him in the IL or just kind of making do and just kind of just skipping him. And it's not like they don't have options. I mean, technically, Andrew Heaney is a pitcher, I guess. Um, Corey Kluber's back right now. So, you know, with those two guys there, you do have five starting pitchers in, in a way with obviously Cole Montgomery and uh, Cortez as the actual three ones that you can de- or you can seemingly depend on right now. Or, you know, go ahead and call up Luis Hill. He, you know, he obviously looked good in his couple starts that he had up here when he was a COVID replacement player. I know there's like roster considerations and all that to factor in. It's not as easy as just bringing him up, but he's definitely somebody who's shown, you know, maybe he's worth actually bringing up and making whatever roster move is necessary, depending on how drastic of a roster move it would require. Yeah. And that is a possibility. It not, it wasn't going to be one for this series per se, since he started on the 29th in Scranton. So, um, that kept them out of action for at least this week. So maybe you'll see him at some point in the coming week, but that's got to be something that's in the Yankees equation at this point. Like I know that, as you said, there's some complicating factors going on with heel. And even in his last start, he wasn't exactly as electric as the first two. And that was against the Red Sox rather than the Orioles and Mariners, which are not as good offenses. So Maybe there is some trepidation there, but you'd figure that he will get another shot at some point. I know they already announced their probables for the upcoming series, which are Cortez, Montgomery, and Kluber. So not in the plans yet, but maybe if you consider next time through the rotation, especially that'll be toward the beginning of their 20 games and 20 days phase. So you figure you'll have a sixth starter coming up at some point to give him a breather. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, as of right now, Tyone's next start lines up at the beginning of the Blue Jays series uh, that starts on Monday. So skip Tyone's start there. That'd be probably a good place to kind of look at giving Heal a shot. Obviously, they're going to start a series against Baltimore this weekend, which would be nice to kind of see if if he could just go back and dominate them again like he did his first time out. Play the hits. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm very okay going to the show and just hearing the same song over and over again, as long as it's a good one. Yeah, but... At least that that is another arrow in the Yankees' quiver, their rotation, if they want to help space things out a little bit. They might be getting Domingo Herman back soon. He seems to be getting closer to throwing a bullpen. Uh, Michael King began his rehab assignments in Scranton. Didn't exactly go well, but he's on the way back at least, and he could potentially help soon. Severino, you know, we're, that's not going to be a rotation option, I don't think at all, but at least that could be something that could help out with the pitching staff in general if he is able to make any sort of comeback whatsoever. So a few balls up in the air for the Yankees to give their pitching a little bit of a boost, but ideally the people that they pay top dollar to help them <laughs> help them yeah. stay that way going forward. <laughs> and that starts with uh, this Garrett Cole start tonight against the Angels, and ideally we will have some positive comments coming right now after it.
Yay! Update. Cole shoved. Holy crap. 15 strikeouts. Anyway, back to the show. Okay, so we actually have some fun breaking news. Gio Urshela has some soreness in his hand, and we'll get an MRI on Thursday. <laughs> so, good. Yay! Nice to have him just come back only to be concerned again. Yeah, this is some Zach Britton shit. <laughs> Seriously. Except at least Gio's been good. Well, for the most no. part. I would not, not say week. that. <laughs> not, this, not this past week. I meant for the most part this season. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say like... <laughs> no, not since he came back. I just mean he has had good moments this season, unlike Britton, who really has not. Yeah, Zach Britton stuff again. Very, very, just, very disconcerting stuff. And we talked about this last week, so we don't need to rehash it too much again. But it was just a bummer to see him go down and you're not going to see him again this season. We didn't really expect it to. And at this point, the Yankees seem to just be hoping that while they perform the elbow surgery to remove the bone chips, they are going to take a look in there at his UCL just to make sure that there's nothing going on in there. So hopefully that little peep goes okay. (laughs) Look, look, if you're already cutting him open, why not take a look, I guess? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, eh, what do we, what do we got over here? (laughs) We're already here. Yeah, it's like when you're going out to run an errand at the post office and, you know, Wendy's is right over there. I mean, well, that's going to be lunch. <laughs> I was going to make the same, like a similar reference, but with like an ice cream shop. That's better. <laughs> yeah, <honestly>. exactly. Because <laughs> I could easily see people avoiding Wendy's. Not me, though. I do like Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, no problem the with uh, Dave's stuff either. <laughs> The Pinstripe Alley podcast sponsored by Wendy's. Yeah. Hey, Wendy's, you want to, you know, <laughs> toss some uh, spicy nuggets our way? We will not say no. <laughs> we'll also accept Frosties, please. Yes. And thank you. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no, obviously the Zach Britton news is just saddening for him. But hopefully, you know, when they look in the UCL, there's not much there. But then he can kind of come back next year. But that's just kind of where it is. I know you mentioned Michael King. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to hit his uh, 100 inning goal this season. But rats! Hey, if they want to give him like 10 starts of five innings each, I guess go for it. Don't go for it. Do not go for it. Please don't go for it. <laughs> and Aaron Boone <laughs> is weirdly starting Michael King again for the <laughs> third time in nine days because he just really, <laughs> really wants to hit the 100 inning mark. He's like, what if I just skip? everyone in the rotation and only pitch Michael King for a week. Old Haas King, <laughs> as he's famously known. Yes. But yeah, I mean, we were going to talk about Gio Urshela coming back and like, obviously he hasn't done well, but now there's like his hand issue. So I guess stay tuned for a Gio Urshela update at some point. <laughs> Huzzah. In actual good injury news, uh, Glaber Torres at least seems to be actually on the way back. I know he started his rehab assignment with uh, Somerset, I believe, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And they're expecting him back on Friday to start the homestand versus uh, Baltimore. So that's good, at least. Yeah, and, he, and played, think- uh, he played on Tuesday in Scranton. So he's slowly making his way back, getting his reps in, and he is Glaber Torres. So <laughs> ideally, he shows... The Glaber Torres that he really is and not the one that we've seen for most of 2021. Because <laughs> that Glaber Torres is not the one that I really like to see as much. Yeah, because watch out, Glaber Torres. Andrew Velasquez is coming for your position. Oh, yes. <laughs> Regrettable. Oh, so, yeah, obviously. I, I mean, I think uh, I think he even homered in his uh, first game, which like obviously against double-A pitching or whatever, but it's just kind of, it's always good to see when like the player comes and has, has a good rehab game. It kind of just 
at least like the timing issue is, you know, the biggest concern for players coming back and going into rehab starts. So if he's hitting well there, it's, it's obviously not indicative that he's necessarily going to hit well when he turned from the injured list, but it's still just good that at least like the timing seems to be there. So, you know, hopefully it'll be kind of a smooth transition back. And like you said, kind of back to being the Glaber Torres we've become used to, not the Glaber Torres of 2021. Yeah. And I do have confidence that we are going to see at least a little bit more of a rejuvenated Glaber Torres in there than maybe what we've seen from Gio. But I guess maybe that's because of the low baseline that we've seen from Gio. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> we're optimistic here on the Pinstripe Alley podcast. Yay. Yeah. I think you mentioned it last week or the week before when we when we recorded um, about how like Anthony Rizzo will make Glaber Torres like a better shortstop just by being able to catch some of those like wild errant throws and all that. Like, I wonder if that'll even help him like just kind of like from a confidence standpoint, just like, all right, now I don't have to worry about my defense as much. Like, obviously, I'm not saying he just has to like kind of just completely turn off his brain there. But like, you know, he knows that he has like somebody backing him up well enough that he doesn't have to be. 100% perfect and that kind of just helps loosen him up and kind of just clear his mind so hopefully things will go better for him <laughs> yeah and he was thrown to so many different targets at first base in the first half of the season too like first it was Jay Bruce then Luke Voigt a bit then he was gone and then Chris Gittins then Voigt again then I don't know it got weird bunch of DJ LeMahieu in there and you know none of them are the defensive stalwarts that uh, Anthony Rizzo is and Gittins is pretty decent but Rizzo is Rizzo and I think that this will help Glaber a little bit I mean obviously that's not going to help him get to all the balls with uh, his range but at least his throws will have a better chance of being right online I forgot Jay Bruce was this year yeah my my brain just sort of <laughs> called back to that when I was thinking about first half Glaber I'm like oh man he was thrown to Jay Bruce in those first games man that was a thing that happened this year yeah Another another weird thing that's happened this year that is still present on the Yankees baseball reference page. The most common left fielder is listed as Miguel Andujar. Yeah, apparently, apparently Andujar has played 45 games this year, which I do not believe. Yeah, which is about 20 more games than I remember, because like I remember he had like a week where I think he may have been one of our Yankee of the Weeks because he got a bunch of hits. And other than that, it's been just like, yep, I have no, I'm still not 2018 Miguel Andujar. Sorry, guys. Speaking of 20 games more than you anticipated, guess who had 20 games more than Miguel Andujar? Tyler Wade. Uh, Tyler Wade has actually had about 40 games more than Miguel Andujar. Tyler Wade has appeared in 82 games so far. Staggering. That's not good. But uh, no, Clint Frazier apparently played in 66 games. That I think I buy a little bit more just because he was in the lineup a bunch. He just wasn't really doing anything. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, time is just so weird. I feel like he's been gone since like May. <laughs> yeah. Re-entered the timeline like in Loki and people like, what? Clint Frazier? I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but Speaking of the baseball reference page, though, did you notice any fun updates to it? Because I did. Do enlighten us. I do see that there is a new number one. <laughs> yeah, for the first time since I can remember, and like I think I mentioned, I wish I took like weekly progress of this, but for the first time in a long time, Garrett Cole is not the uh, Yankees war leader. Obviously, Joey Gallo doesn't appear on this page because he spent most of the season or at least the beginning of the season with Texas. So this is strictly Yankees war. But um, Aaron Judge has uh, taken over the top spot. He currently has 5.2 war compared to Garrett Cole's 5.0. At oh, least man. as of uh, before the uh, Wednesday night start. But yeah, it's, it was kind of like, I was kind of just looking through it yesterday and I saw like Judge's face there and like, it took me, it took a second for it to click in. I was like, hey, wait a second, you're not Garrett Cole. 
<laughs> yeah, this will help my my building theory that Aaron Judge is good at baseball. I'm growing more confidence you know, in this, but I've this heard, helps. I've heard, I've heard rumors of that, but I, I think I think it's a solid uh, assumption to make. Yeah, this is it's my deep dive. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, um, Aaron Judge is taking over the top spot. Outside of that, even though you know the top twelve is kind of normalized, although. Corey Kluber's return from uh, the IL has kind of almost pushed him out of the way. <laughs> He's at sitting firmly at number 12 now when like, just like, I think I want to say four weeks ago, like three weeks ago, he was at six. So yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. That's, that's rough, but it's, it's accurate. I mean, he's been, he's barely been around for so much of it. And I also can't help but notice that Jamison Tyone has been, you know, sort of vaudeville hooked off the stage a little bit to the right. He's like, yeah, down to number nine now, it looks like. Yeah, he was definitely like making his progress. Yeah. <laughs> it's a game of shoots and ladders. You know, he's climbing up, climbing up, climbing up. Oh, there's the ladder. Yep. And Nestor just strolling on past. Yeah. Nestor didn't even pitch that well this past week, but not as poorly as Tyo. So. Yeah, I mean, I think he was fine or acceptable yeah. for a Nestor Cortez start. Yeah, it was more just, you know, expected Nestor Cortez rather than expected 2021 Nestor Cortez. Yeah. The fact that he's gone above and beyond every other timeout kind of maybe spoiled us a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, his most recent start, he went five and a third innings. So he pitched into the sixth, allowed three runs, nothing too crazy. Obviously, like you said, not the Nestor we're used to, only four strikeouts, three walks though, which was like kind of up there for him. Yeah. Like, he pitched well enough to still win that game but the Yankees only scored two runs and that was the end of the winning streak and we didn't think much of it at the time but you know oh well yeah apparently the, the mustache power has dried out yeah and I feel like I mean we are being a little bit down on the Yankees after a long winning streak I know but I do think that they will win this start tonight with Garrett Cole and then they will probably write the ship because they do have some uh, a little soft bit coming up against the Orioles. And if they don't win those games, that's really bad. But I think that they will. And they'll play the Blue Jays at home after that. I think the Blue Jays have been very up and down, much more than one might have expected. But I think the Yankees have played them well. And that series should be fine, too. So trying to, you know, put on a good face. <laughs> yep. Obviously, like Toronto's, I feel like they're definitely not as bad as their record indicates, right. at least when it comes to facing the Yankees. So, you know, you look at that record and you're like, okay, this should be some easy wins for like a team as good as the Yankees, or at least as good as they've been playing recently, at least since the trade deadline. But it's still not like a team that you overlook or, you know, kind of just were like whatever about it. They're, they're definitely going to be annoying but hopefully they take care of business. Like you said, it all starts tonight, right? The ship against the angels, avoid the sweep. What's funny is that they haven't played the blue Jays since June 17th. And the lineup looked a lot different than that was actually a game that was started by Michael King. And, um, and was in the lineup. Tyler Wade was still starting. I guess Wade is still started some a little bit, but like Chris Gittins pinch hit for him. So labor <laughs> Torres yeah. was sitting third. So. Yeah, I mean, overall, this is a much different and better team than the, the Blue Jays faced then. So yeah. you ha- you still have high hopes, but like at, right now, like the way the Yankees are playing in like the last four games, notwithstanding, where like, you know, they're just kind of in a, a little bit of a slump. Overall, I still feel good and confident about this team going into any series just because they've played well. They've been winning series. They've been winning games. So they've been doing their thing just for the most part the last couple, like since like again, since the trade deadline. So 
it's not like I'm discouraged seeing the Blue Jays, but I just know how annoying they can be, not even from like a, who the Yankees send out a position, but more just because like how well they play against us, it seems like. Right, yeah. So we'll see how that goes, but we're optimistic. We'll take it, you know, that's that's the vibe we got to go with right now. And September is going to be a long month, so I'm not going to try to get sunk by anything. And Yankees are still, you know, in the pole position in the wild card. If the AL East does seem to have fallen through their hands of really getting back into that because the Rays have just decided to, hey, that strategy of not losing games is smart. We'll do that. And they have not really lost much, and they're now eight games ahead of the Yankees. So I don't think that's happening at this point. Yankees just have to hope that they can hold on to that home field in the wild card game and just make that game in the first place. I think they've been a little bit fortunate that the Red Sox are going through their own little slide too, which is aided by their own COVID outbreak. So it's not the way that you want to, you know, be ahead of the Red Sox, but that's the deck that's drawn. So. Yeah, they, you know, they're definitely kind of lucking out right now as much as one can luck out by somebody else going through a COVID outbreak. So like not to kind of take that too lightly or anything like that. Exactly, but, yeah. Yeah, I think the right call is to just focus on getting into that wild card game. Obviously, hey, you still want to go make a run at the division and just win every game from here on out? Go for it. I'm not going to stop you, Yankees. But just make sure you kind of hold on to that home field advantage for the wild card. And again, yeah, it, obviously it's a crapshoot like any series is or whatever, but like, you know, the one game is kind of annoying if your team goes out, uh, ends their season there. But I still feel good about this team on any given night for the most part. And you know, if the Yankees are in a position for that wild card game, the most likely scenario is Garrett Cole's going to be on the mound for that game. So, you know, you already feel good about that. And then just with the lineup, how deep it is, how versatile it's become, what they can do, you know, you just go for it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll be able to see what goes on there. That, that'll be your final thesis on the Yankees, I guess, for a little bit, because you're going to be on vacation next week and not have to deal with the Yankees. So that's nice. <laughs> yes. I get to, I get to escape the Yankees for a little bit. My own personal theory, which I shared with you on, uh, in our Slack was that the Yankees have been playing bad. So I don't miss them while I'm gone. Cause I will be on the other side of the planet with hopefully not checking the internet. I'll just maybe look at scores and uh, that's it. Call it a day. But hey, if the Yankees want to completely turn it around just uh, so I come back to a good team to watch, that's I'll accept that too. But you're not too proud to miss if they decide to rip off another 13 game winning streak. No, <laughs> no, but I am looking forward to a much, much needed vacation. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> All right. Well, we will take a break and we'll be right back. And we're back. So we are going to Go ahead and we're going to skip the meet a, meet a baby bomber segment this week. Real world has made it a little bit too complicated for us to fit that in this week. And we will bring it back next time around. Don't worry. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, we will move on to the Yankee and Mitre of the week. So who do you have for your Yankee of the week? My Yankee of the week is, surprisingly enough, I think we talked about him already. Um, I think some may refer to him as a good baseball player. One, uh, Aaron Judge. Have you heard of him? Mm. Have you heard of him? Yeah, up and comer. Um, He's uh, a large guy. He, he is quite large, actually. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, we talked about how he's taken over the top spot in the Yankees uh, war leaderboard for baseball reference. But since we last recorded, he hit he's hit 480, 519, 800 and homered twice on this road trip so far. Obviously, there's still a game left against the Angels, but good for a WRC plus of 261. The four game losing streak has been annoying, but Aaron Judge hasn't been the issue. 
And, you know, he's been doing that while playing center field and right field. And, like, you know, he's played center field consistently for a few weeks now, just ever since they let uh, Giancarlo Stanton back in the outfield. And he's held his own over there. Um, John Griffin just wrote an article, um, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. I forget when it was about you know, kind of breaking down Aaron Judge's uh, defense out there. So that's probably worth the read if you want to kind of get a little bit more information on it. But basically it comes down to he's been good out there. He's been fine. He's he's not going to win any gold gloves out there. But if you need to employ the quote-unquote Death Star lineup, which includes Giancarlo Stanton and Luke Voigt, so that means you have to have Stanton in the right field and Luke Voigt DHing, that means Aaron Judge is going to play center. And you know what? He's doing it well, so you don't really have to worry about, oh, crap, what are they losing in defense? <laughs> yeah, his basic competence has made that lineup even possible. So that's just an advantage on its own because there's such a big step up at this point in their careers from Brett Gardner in center to Aaron Judge in center, at least from an offensive production standpoint. So take it's it. also quite literally a giant step up. Oh, yeah. No, it's like you um, <laughs> you move the sliders up on one of those like custom player things in sports video games. It's like, whoop. I have to find that uh, Photoshop I made of like when I think in, in 2017, like Brett Gardner high-fiving Aaron Judge or like Aaron, or, like, and like he was like jumping up in the air and there was like a good foot and a half of <laughs> air underneath him. So I think I just Photoshopped like a milk crate underneath Gardner. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I just got a great vision of a uh, six foot seven bald Brett Gardner and it's kind of frightening. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah. but yeah, Aaron Judge, good at baseball. Good at yeah. everything apparently. Yeah. Well, my Yankee of the Week is also a guy who I've grown to suspect is good at baseball as well, and that is one Giancarlo Stanton. Yes. Yes, he is uh, hitting 349 with a 739 slugging percentage with three homers and a 181 WRC plus in the past week, and that includes a whole bunch of big hits too. One of the quiet narratives of the season has actually been Giancarlo Stanton getting a lot of clutch hits, which I feel like maybe the average Yankees fan doesn't really think about because they saw him strike out once or twice in a big situation and just decide he's not clutch forever. But he's been getting the job done. And I appreciate that on the R2C2 podcast, Ryan Rucco has always made this a point too. Like, no, he's getting it done. Like, recalibrate your expectations. (laughs) Have you considered he only hits uh, home runs when they're up by nine or down by nine? Yeah. That's the only time he's ever hit a home run in his career. Did you know that? They're facts. Apparently, <laughs> hey, everything can be true and everything can be actually facts if we just ignore the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, obviously, I think Stanton was my uh, Yankee of the Week last week. Um, it, it's been a very good run for him. You know, we we talked about how just kind of going back into the outfield, holding his own there. And I think uh, John broke down how Stanton's defense in the outfield has been. And while he's not the defender he was in like 2016, he, um, John Rimmer, not John Griffin, by the way, sorry. John Griffin wrote about the Aaron Judge. But yeah, while he's not the defender he was in 2016, he still uh, handled the outfield capably and admirably for somebody who was basically shunned from it for a good year and a half. So, you know, kudos to him. I think our two big boys, two of our big boys, because the Yankees have more than just two big boys, are good picks for Yankees in the week this week. (laughs) I agree. All right. So let's go to the less fun part, the Mitre of the week. Who do you have? I don't want to. <laughs> no. Um, so my Mitre of the week is uh, Jameson Tyone. Yeah. He kind of, we talked about it a little bit before, but he's hit a little bit of a rough patch the last three or four, four starts or so in his last two starts. So 
you know, since we last recorded against Oakland and the Angels, he has an 11.88 ERA. He's pitched only eight and a third innings in those two starts, allowed five walks, three home runs, 10 strikeouts, but still uh, that the strikeouts weren't really the issue with him in the beginning of the year. And what he's reverted back to, it's still the same thing. It's, it's been a concerning trend where he, you know, he starts off strong, but then he kind of just loses it, whether it's fatigue or what's going on. Definitely might want to consider skipping him a start or seeing what, what the issue is. Cause it'd be one thing for him to just completely look bad the whole time, but for him to start off strong, pitch three, four innings, and then just completely lose it kind of just points to fatigue or something rather than anything else. At least, you know, from my amateur opinion, not that I know exactly what's going on, but you know, his last good start came against the Royals. But since that start, he's allowed 17 runs and four starts for an 8.20 ERA. And across those four starts, he's only pitched 18 and the two thirds innings. And he's bumped his ERA on the, for the season up from a 3.82 after that Kansas City that, after that start against the Royals to a 4.44 after his last start against the Angels. Yeah, it's it's been rough. And it cannot be overstated when people look back on the story this season, how important Tyone was to stabilizing the rotation during that one patch where both Montgomery and Cole were on the IL with COVID because there was like no one else other than rolling the dice on Nestor every few days that we felt super good about. And Tyone just went out there, provided length, like he hadn't really done so much before and got the job done. So appreciate that. Wish you'd go back to that, but I guess we will have to see what happens with that. So, yeah, I mean, if he was going to choose any time to have a good stretch, the time when they needed him the most is definitely a good one. Yes. But if the Yankees are going to do anything in October, there's going to be another time when they need him the most, and that's coming up soon. So hopefully they can figure out what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Well, my meter of the week is going to be Gio Urshela because it's he's been a black hole in the lineup since coming off the injured list. And, you know, 095, no walks, only one extra base hit. And whiffed late last night in a big spot against some guy named Jake Patrishka, who was recently in indie ball. So all I got to say is uh, wake up, man, because <laughs> Yankees need you. And hopefully that bruise he suffered the other day isn't going to be another big problem for him in 2021. Yeah, I initially, I originally had Gio Urshela as my uh, Mitri of the week, but then I kind of gave him a little bit of a pass because he was just coming back. So I was like, all right, fine. You earned, you earned one week away from my wrath. But then I was going to give it to Gary Sanchez because he's also had a rough rough week for the most part. But then he had a, a home run yesterday. So I was like, okay, fine. You've earned a, a yeah. week from my wrath. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I am right now. But I think they, they're they, just hoping they're just hoping to escape your wrath. That's all. Yes. <laughs> it's their main driving yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. So I guess kudos to them for finding ways out of it. But hey, guys, do better. Yeah. All three of you, please do better. Yeah. And Gio also feel better. Yeah. Especially against the Orioles, because I, I cannot take a, a bad series against the Orioles. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm like, that's like one thing I'm like very excited to be missing. Cause like, I think we've mentioned before about how like beating up bad teams is just not fun. Cause it's either, it's ex- expected, but losing to them is just even more annoying. Yeah. So, so I'm okay with just not seeing what happens uh, in this Orioles uh, series live and just kind of finding out about it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I'm in. Like the Rays, <laughs> screw them, but they knew what to do with the Orioles. They went 18 and one against the Orioles in 2021. And granted, that's pretty much what the Yankees did in 2019, but that's that's the difference in the division, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't struggle against the Orioles. Yeah. 
And the Yankees, I would say, haven't even necessarily struggled against the Orioles this year. They just haven't played as well as they should have. So, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm uh, considering, I guess, what they've done, which is still very good, is in a way struggling against the Orioles because the Orioles are really bad. Yeah. Eight and five against the Orioles is almost struggling against the Orioles. This is a team that <laughs> lost 19 games in a row. And while I'm talking about that losing streak, they snapped that losing streak by beating the Angels twice. And the Yankees have now lost to the Angels twice. So that's delightful. Yay. Go team go, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, looking at it from clear eyed perspective, Yankees should probably play well against the Orioles and the Blue Jays this upcoming week. So ideally they turn it back to the winning streak ways, but if not even the winning streak ways, just play well. Don't lose four games in a row again, please. Thank you. <laughs> That's all we ask. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we do need to spell that out again because we weren't clear enough when we were asking for a split. In Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to lose, just scatter them a little bit, like, you know, win three, four, 17, and then lose one and no more. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, you can you can go like I wouldn't say no to a good nine and four stretch, you know. I would twelve yeah, and one. Okay, well never mind. <laughs> Listen to Shaw. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us on the Pinstripe Alley podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. Follow me on Twitter at Burns PSA. Where are we following you this week? Nowhere. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. I... I'm going on vacation. <laughs> I wanted to speak to nobody. Yeah. <laughs> You can follow Kunja off the grid. Yes, at off the grid. I don't know if that's a real account, but that seems like a good one for me. Oh my God. This is actually really interesting. It's like oh Dr. Manhattan in a suit. Oh, geez. Jim D. Thanks, Jim D. His tweets are protected, though. So that's how you know he's really off the grid. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Jim D. Jim D is D actually Kunj. It me, Jim D. Yeah. Dr. Kunj Hat. Yes. Dr. Shahan. Well, hope you enjoy your vacation and uh, hope that the Yankees actually go back to winning baseball games. Thank you. And uh, yes, I hope so as well. Yeah. Go team go. Bye everyone.